The Nevada Independent and local PBS have just launched a new joint venture called the Nevada Democracy Project. It's designed to increase civic engagement through a series of town hall-like gatherings. And that's especially relevant now since the next big election cycle is right around the corner. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we talk with Nevada Independent CEO John Ralston about the challenges of finding thoughtful civic participation in a time of political chaos and increasingly uncivil discourse. It's Wednesday, November 8th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. John Ralston, welcome back to CityCast Las Vegas. Good to see you, old friend. Good to be with you, David. I want to talk about this new project that the Nevada Independent's involved in. So how did the Nevada Democracy Project get started? So I've been, uh, as you know, I think, somewhat disturbed, especially over the last few years, but even going back uh, uh, further than that, about the, the lack of civic engagement. Uh, you can see it in the number of people who are registered here in Nevada and then the number of people who actually vote in elections. And just by the very nature of the economy, uh, people are just not as engaged as, we, as at least I think they should be. And the discourse uh, is just not uh, what it should be either because of the polarization and, uh, you know, with people not eating together if they're of different parties and on Capitol Hill and even in Carson City uh, yeah. as well. And so it occurred to me that one of the functions of journalism in this time is to try to get people to, to talk about what really bothers them, not what I think bothers them, not what you think bothers them, but what they what the communities, especially ones uh, like like uh, underserved communities, uh, think that we are missing, that we are doing wrong. And we had been talking to PBS about some kind of partnership, Vegas PBS, and this seemed like a natural, and they immediately jumped at the idea, and, and we had our first one on, on November uh, first, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. Dave, this is a difficult thing to do, and I don't underestimate the size of the mountain that we uh, have to climb, but hopefully I won't feel like Sisyphus uh, after, after all of this. Who's it for? Uh, is it for those people who are registered who don't vote? I mean, who, who do you hope to show up to these uh, Nevada Democracy Project events? It's not just about who shows up, although that's important. You remember the old uh, Bush 41 message, I care. That's what he said at one town hall. And he, of course, was being a politician. But we want people to believe we care about mm. what they think. And so you send a message. We had, I think, 60 or 70 people show up at the, at the West Las Vegas Library on a Wednesday night right after Halloween. I thought that was pretty good. There were a few elected officials there who had, of course, to say their piece. But there were a lot of community members who really wanted to talk about issues in West Las Vegas and historic systemic racism in, in, in this uh, city and state. And I think, you know, we haven't done a good job covering it. I've never done a good job covering it, I, I don't think, in depth. And we want to send a message that we care about these issues. And I said, 
at the beginning of the event, David, that the most important thing isn't what happens tonight. It's what happens after tonight. And you need to judge us by whether we follow up on these issues that you've brought up or not. And we're going to try. You know, we don't have unlimited bandwidth, as you know, at the ND, but we're going to try. Right. And so this is your listening session and PBS joining in on listening. Why did you hold the first listening session uh, in West Las Vegas at that library? Why'd you pick that, that location, that spot? So because it is traditionally a, a heavily uh, a black population, the historic West Side has felt ignored for a long time, generally, uh, not, not just by the media, but by banks. Redlining came up several times during that first uh, discussion. And uh, Nyoka Foreman, who was uh, our uh, reporter who covers that and who is African-American herself and who has raised a lot of these issues internally at the Indy, uh, thought it would be a good place to start. And she co-hosted uh, with Amber Renee Dixon of Vegas PBS. So we thought it was a good place to start. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't know where the next one's going to be because as you mentioned, when you talk about underserved communities, generally they're not, you can't just go to one place and think that's where they all are. They're all over the place. And so it, it's difficult. And you can't just think of it as like blacks, Hispanics, Asians. There, there are other uh, others, as you know, uh, very, very well based uh, on, on your experience, both in your professional life and in the uh, almost interminable columns that you have occasionally written for the Indy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you mentioned that some elected officials showed up to say their piece. Were they were they the electeds who served that area? And were there any glaring omissions of electeds who didn't show up who served that area? They were those who represent that area, or uh, at least it's partly in their districts. Clark County Commissioner uh, William McCurdy was there. Assemblywoman Shonda Summers Armstrong was there, and State Senator Dean O'Neill uh, was there. One thing I want to do in the future, by the way, David, is is limit the amount of time that we give politicians to give speeches at these things, because this we really want the people there to think that's not what we're going to expose them to, that this yeah. is about them more than the elected officials. But once you uh, put a mic in front of an elected official, they are going to right. talk for as long as you will let them talk. And Dina Neal can deliver a stem winder as well as her dad did. I told her he uh -huh. would be proud of her looking down. Yeah, uh, yeah. Story, storied legislator Joe Neal, uh, who books have been written about. He was such a colorful character and had such an impact. I also wonder, you know, like you said, right from the start, we, we live in a very polarized time. Uh, are you worried that that future events might have that sort of accusation and anger uh, exchanges that we, we see at places like like school board meetings? I mean, golly, I mean, that's where civil discourse is supposed to happen or engagement is expected. And it does seem to go off the rails, does it not, John Ralston? It does. And, and, you know, listen, it's a much more frightening world out there for people, for politicians, for journalists than it ever has been. You have to worry about who is going to show up, what their agenda might be. And, you know, whether we should have more security at these events is a question that we need to talk about going mm. forward. I really have to think about that more. You know, we do that for when, when the Indy puts on uh, our, our events that we call Indy Talks or our Indy Fest Conference. Uh, we do have security. And, and it's just the world that we live in 
uh, now, David. And so, but on the other hand, I want people, and I said this at the beginning, and we've said it in all the promotions, I think, of, of this project, this is a place for people to vent, to say that we are doing our job poorly if they think we are doing our job poorly. Why don't you cover this? There, there were a couple of um, a West Las Vegas uh, legends, I called them, some people are going to argue with that, who have been there forever, Billy McCurdy, who was William McCurdy's father, and Gene Collins, who was in the assembly a long time ago. Both of them are controversial figures, and both of them stood up and talked about being ignored, having the media twist issues or, or ignore issues in West Las Vegas. Now, now Gene Collins and Billy McCurdy, who I've known forever, you know, they, they always talk without any, any fear. But I think that loosened up others in the crowd who I've never heard of, never seen before in my life, to come up and talk about similar kinds uh, of issues. Uh, uh, but am I worried about the atmosphere that might develop at some of these? Yeah, sure, I'm worried. But I think we have to make the effort, David. I really do. Yeah, I want to follow up, John, uh, on the voices that you haven't heard before. I mean, you've got one under your belt. Any already feel good about the future democracy stories that emerge from the first Nevada Democracy Project from uh, a, a voice that you were excited to hear from? I, I wouldn't say that any of it was feel good, uh, David. There were mostly grievances, but several of the speakers, David, were quite young. And that is heartening to me that, that there are younger people wanting to get involved because you see, we've seen more and more young people uh, uh, check out of this entire process of civic engagement and discourse. And I have to tell you, I was pretty impressed with at least a couple uh, of, of the younger uh, men who, who stood up and, and, and really went through a litany of, of problems that they've seen uh, growing up on, on, in West Las Vegas and then becoming adults in that community. Yeah, John, and and one of our producers was actually in the audience, and and she was telling me uh, about a story about uh, one young man who was talking about the effects he's still facing in 2023, going back to this horrible process of redlining where certain parts of our community weren't weren't given the same financial considerations. In fact, just the opposite as 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 parts of the community that white people lived in, and that he can't even afford maintaining his grandmother's house. I mean, events like this, they have a lot of different voices. How does that impact you when you hear stories like that, that redlining is still a, a, a force? I mean, you're listening. What do you do with that information? Well, uh, we're, we're going to be talking to Nyoka and, and, and maybe, our, maybe our partners at Vegas PBS about looking into these kinds of things as much as we can. You know, both the news organizations have limited bandwidths, but I think we've also used it as an excuse to, well, we have to cover the legislature, we have to cover the Senate race, but that, that, that can wait. It's the kind of thing I think, David, and listen, you've lived here your entire life. I've lived here for almost 40 years now, and I've read about Nevada being called the Mississippi of the West and what went on. On, you know, Sammy Davis Jr. couldn't uh, stay uh, on the strip. He had to stay in, in West Las Vegas, these kinds of stories. And we think they're, an ana they're anachronisms, right? This doesn't go on anymore or as much. And then you hear the kind of story that your producer uh, right, rightly remembered uh, happened there. And you think, you know what? Uh, I think one of the main things that people who live in West Las Vegas think is that that's the common that's, that, that's what people commonly think who live here now, especially white people. Oh, that was in the past. We're not the Mississippi of the West anymore. That kind of stuff doesn't go, go on. And, and yeah. of course it does. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a common complaint. It's like, why is everyone so concerned with racism? That's something that we solved years ago. (laughs) Of course it is. Of course it is. Well, I do imagine that uh, some of these events are hard to navigate as far as just keeping a move forward. But I'm also curious about real-time fact-checking. I mean, this is something that in these public exchanges that we don't see a lot of. I, I mean, are your moderators... Do they have instructions if someone says something that's at least blatantly false or that may be questionable as far as its its accuracy, or do you let it fly? How's that work? Yeah, you know, it's uh, again. We're, in fact, we have a you know a, a debrief schedule to talk about things we did well and things that we didn't, and I think that's one thing that we really need to improve on in in terms of uh, if someone says something, can you back that up? Where's your evidence for that? Treat mm-hmm. it. Uh, like, as you call it, real-time fact-checking. I think you have to be careful how you do that, considering what we're trying to do. We don't want people to say, oh, I went to that Nevada Democracy Project event, and they just grilled me. I wouldn't go to that <laughs> thing. I wouldn't say anything, right? Uh, you know, it was like being well, on if you make it through, race. that's like a badge of honor. It's like, I came with the receipts, and John Ralston had to shut the F up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How many people? That would draw that? a lot of people. Yeah. That would draw a lot, man. <laughs> but the bottom, the bottom, bottom line is, is, is that we want this to be a welcoming environment where mm-hmm. the point is to listen to people. And even if they say some outlandish things, maybe we should let some of them go. Uh, but th- there is a line that can be crossed where I think the the, the anchors of the event need to be told, "Listen, you you can't just let that go when someone says." You know, David Figler is the greatest Las Vegan. No, no one is going to believe that, and needs to be pushed back on. Does it though? I have some receipts, <laughs> not a lot, and they do look a little forged. So you might have a point there, Ralston. Uh, what other issues are you hoping come up in future? I mean, what 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 is the agenda or the schedule or the hopes for what's coming next in this project? Uh, the answer is, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, but what I hope comes out of this is that people will see that we have a commitment to finding out what communities really care about, as opposed to telling communities that this is what we care about and we're going to write stories uh, about this. Uh, I want the word to get out. It's going to take a while, David. I think we're only have the capacity to do these probably quarterly at, at, at the beginning. But in between, maybe we'll have time to investigate some of the things we heard at the West Las Vegas forum before we do the next one. I'm not sure where the next one uh, is going to be, as I said. But I, I want people to, 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 I want the word to spread that, that we are doing this. By the way, uh, I was surprised how many comments that we got from people watching the live stream. It, it was live stream both on our website and the Vegas PBS website. And people have either told me in real time that they watched it and they thought X, Y, or Z. But even today, I got a text from someone who, who decided to watch the live stream. We have to maintain that interest. Yeah. And I, I hope you get lots of new voices, maybe even find a columnist who could uh, say what they need to say in fewer than 8,000 words uh, and who doesn't make really bad dad jokes. Actually, I, I should tell your audience that while I made that joke about your columns, I wish you would do more columns for us because they are always thought provoking and they do address issues that nobody else 
talks about, which is you know, the, you know, maybe we should maybe we should rename this the Nevada Figler Project because that, oh, wow. that, that is oh, the kind no. of thing. Now you're going too far the other direction. That was an overcorrection, <laughs> Ralston. Let me ask you this: is maybe the last question. Uh, I, I know you got your your CEO hat on and your you know the 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 most lauded pundit of Nevada hat on. Let's put on Citizen John Ralston, and you're invited to the Nevada Democracy Project. What what are you going to talk about in the audience? What what do you think is like the most pressing thing in Nevada that needs to be discussed that maybe isn't being heard? I think it's actually an issue that I've talked about a lot uh, as as a citizen, as a father. As a stepfather, now with a with, with a wonderful, wonderful girl who's 12 years old who's in school now, there is not a culture in this state that values the things that I think need to be valued for this state to progress, like education. Our elected officials seem to think that going and putting a bunch of money into education or what they consider a bunch of money at the end of the legislative session and then sending out mailers later to, to fellow citizens saying, look what I did, as opposed to getting getting engaged with the community so the community will value education. So the community will uh, uh, say, you know, we've got to have a better school system. We've got to have better universities. That's what make great cities, David. They, they, they really do. And so I, I just think that, that we, we need to uh, create some kind of critical mass behind the whole culture of Nevada. Now, by the way, you're talking to somebody who thought after after I got here after a few months in 1984, this place has no soul. I don't mm. want to stay here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for a max of two years. And that was 39 years ago. So, uh, I, you know, I, I've tried to do my part. I, I, I don't think I've been that successful. But I think you just got to keep talking about it, right? Yeah, well, we're all a, a little bit stuck in the muck. But, yeah, making the best of it. Hey, John Ralston, good luck saving democracy. Uh, the Nevada Democracy Project, definitely something to check out. Thanks uh, for joining us and explaining it all here on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for having me, David. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, hey, go tell a friend so they can get in on that civic engagement train way ahead of next year's election. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Till then, stay lucky. You have like the Michael Barbaro of the New York Times' daily voice going now. Right? I mean, 460 episodes in, 360 episodes in, we're nice. starting to figure it out.